This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Joining me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good, Wally. How are you? <clears throat> I just uh, want to apologize to our listeners ahead of time. My, my voice is a little bit rough uh, today. I've had a pretty rough week. Not COVID, but uh, my usual uh, cold at this time of year hit me this week. So uh, I may have to I may have to cough a couple of times. So I apologize in advance, but I'm fine. Uh, Naz, how are you? I'm fine. Everything's going well. I had my flu shot. Did you, Wally? I had the flu shot. I had and triple COVID. And if they're coming down with number four, I'm going to line up for that one, too. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've, got, I've got everything that's ever been paid available. And I line up as quickly as I possibly can. I'm, uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I don't want to get into that debate. Uh, uh, that's, uh, we'll leave that debate for the non-sport shows. Uh, Naz, happy, uh, happy New Year to all our listeners. Happy New Year. And also joining us this morning. Former Toronto Maple Leaf, Washington Capital, leaping Lou Franceschetti. Good morning, Lou. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. Are you telling me, Wally, that the virus caught you? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not, I'm. I just got a little bit of a cold. That's all. Uh, tested a few times, and uh, I've been isolating at home for the last week. But uh, I'm fine. I'm, uh, I'm 100. percent Just a little bit stuffy in the in the sinuses. That's about it. Other than that, uh, I, I'm okay. Thank you, uh, gentlemen. Just uh, let us uh, let our listeners go. We've got a lot to talk about. Obviously, there's a national championship game tomorrow night, uh, and you guys are thrilled about that because Alabama's uh, uh, heading into that one. Uh, later on in the hour, we've got John Amendola, the um, the uh, sports card uh, entrepreneur with Mintink. He's opened up a new shop down on Davenport Road, and it's it's going gangbuster. So. We'll talk about his new venture in downtown Toronto and uh, might take the opportunity to talk to him about the, the huge Toronto uh, FC signing. Lorenzo Insigne from Napoli um, coming to Toronto, Toronto FC, $15 million U.S., the highest paid player ever in MLS history, probably double the previous highest uh, uh, contract ever a huge signing by TFC and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll get an opportunity to talk about that at some point in the show and uh, all kinds of other things going on Leafs uh, Naz I know uh, you and I hate the Leaf four one leads they were ahead four to one last night and uh, that didn't make me feel any uh, <laughs> didn't make me feel uh, made me feel a little bit nervous and lo and behold uh, they coughed it up uh, Campbell had to st- stand on his head. Face 50 shots, and the Leafs lost it in overtime. But uh, looked good first half of the game, and uh, slowly but surely as the game wore on, uh, they had to try and hold the fort, but they squeezed the point out of it, so it wasn't a total loss. The Bills are up today, Naz. 
Last game of the season, they beat the Jets. They get home field advantage in the first round. And uh, um, lots of other things going on in the world of sports. Uh, I don't know if Jokovic is still in Australia or if he's been exited out of the country yet. We may get a chance to talk about that. But let's talk about tomorrow night. National championship game. Once again, it's an uh, all-SEC affair. Alabama, Georgia, battle of two titans. Unquestionably, the two best teams in uh, in college football this year. Not even close, as far as I uh, as far as I would I would say. Um, Georgia, up until the SEC championship game, was supposedly the best team in the country. They had it handed to them. Uh, by Alabama in the SEC championship, and they get a second goal at it today. And the, the odds makers think that Georgia's got a, a legitimate shot in this game. If not, uh, I'm not sure what the latest line is. You, you know, maybe minus you guys three, can... Wally. Sorry, minus three for Georgia. So Georgia's three point favorite. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm having difficulty. I'm having difficulty figuring that one out. I mean. Uh, uh, given what happened in the last game, but I'll turn it over to you guys. Uh, you guys, uh, you guys bleed the uh, Crimson Tide. Uh, you're huge Alabama guys, and God bless you. You've had a an incredible run for the last 20 years. Naz, you first, and then I'll turn it over to you, Lou. Uh, size up this game for me. What uh, what are we going to see different this time around than we saw in the SEC championship game? It should be a bit closer game than the, the last one. And Georgia is favorite. Only the second time, Wally, that Alabama has been an underdog since 2010. Incredible. Yeah, that is, that that is that is pretty remarkable. I mean, you've got a you know you've got a program uh, that, quite frankly, for the last 20 years is uh, um, is it's head and shoulders better than any other college football program. And a lot of credit to that. Of course, is the coach Nick Saban, who's who's uh, after he came over from uh, came over from LSU, did he not, uh, Luke? Uh, uh, refresh my memory there, but uh, Alabama certainly been the top college program. Um, huge game Monday night, obviously because it's a national championship game. But uh, Georgia would like a little bit of payback entry um, for the entire year. Some people still consider them the best team in the country, but uh, they weren't even in that game against Alabama. And uh, if memory serves me correctly, Lou, this morning, the last time Georgia was in a national championship game, they lost Alabama in overtime. Is that, uh, am I uh, remembering that correctly, Lou? Your mind is perfect this morning, there, Wally. <laughs> Voice might be a little off, but uh, yeah, the, that, the, that was the night I think that I almost broke the TV three times <laughs> and then jumped through it after Devontae Smith caught the second and twenty-six from uh, from Tua after they missed the field goal in the last minute of the game to, to supposedly to win it. Yeah, that that, that was uh, pretty remarkable, Lou. Uh, are we going to see anything different uh, Monday night uh, than what we're than what we're used to, which is Alabama beats their opponent, uh, as beats Georgia? They haven't won every single. Uh, you know, I think they lost a couple to Clemson or uh, lost one to Clemson along the way. They, they don't win every single national championship game that they're in, um, but they don't lose to Georgia all that often. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, they. They've run off seven in a row against Georgia. And the other, the other interesting statistic about when Alabama plays, 
Uh, Nick Saban very rarely loses to uh, to coaches who were his assistant coaches at some point in time, and he's up against one of his former assistants Monday night. Is he not, Luke? Uh, yes, he is. And um, you know, there's a lot of narrative to this ball game. Uh, Kirby Smart coached under uh, Nick Saban for I think seven years. Uh, took over a lot of his traits. Uh, recruited a lot of his traits that they went after big, strong uh, defensive and offensive linemen. Um, and he's built that front. He's built that school almost the way Nick Saban has built Alabama since 2007. Uh, the, the thing that is, it's going to be the same. Um, you're going to have two big offensive and defensive lines, uh, and whoever wins that battle, I think, is going to win the uh, win the game. But also, turnovers are going to be a major factor. And uh, the one thing you're going to see tomorrow night um, is if we're going to see if Georgia opens up their offense a little bit more than they have in the past, meaning uh, to go to the aerial route instead of uh, the, the pounding round uh, like Baba did to Cincinnati. Uh, Nas, uh, this is up until the uh, up until Alabama dusted uh, Georgia in the SEC game. This wasn't necessarily considered one of the better Alabama teams in the last five or six years. In fact, if you look back at that game against Auburn in the Iron Bowl, you know, if that Auburn player decides to put his knee down and stay uh, stay in bounds in the last minute of the game rather than running out of bounds, you know, maybe Alabama's a two-loss team and maybe they're not even in this game. Uh, that's how that's how uh, tight this, uh, this has been for Alabama this year. But certainly uh, in that Georgia game, uh, they didn't display all that many weaknesses. If, uh, if, you know, and we always look at this from the perspective that, you know, Alabama's uh, – they're at the top of the mountain, uh, aside from the fact that Georgia might be the favorite in this game. Um, um, if Georgia, if this Alabama team, if Georgia's going to beat this Alabama team, Nas, how are they going to do it? They're going to have to stop the quarterback. The Heisman Trophy winner came out of Alabama, the best player in the college football. He said Alabama. And I think that's the key, to stop the quarterback. And that should be an interesting game. Uh, Lou, um Talking about stopping the quarterback, yeah, the, we're talking about the Heisman Trophy winner, uh, Brent, Brent, oh, uh, Brent his name, Bryant Young? Yeah. Yeah, Young. I mean, uh, a little brain cramp there. I don't know how I could forget that. Heisman Trophy winner, best player in the nation this year. Um, George didn't get any pressure on him in the first game. And, you know, when, when you've got that much talent, when you, you know, he can beat you in so many ways. He beats you with his arms. He beats you with his legs. They got to figure out a way to contain him. They got to figure out a way to get pressure on him, um, without without uh, you know giving up too much in the in the back end. Uh, can they can George accomplish that? Uh, you know, I, I, I guess they can accomplish it. It's just a matter of how the Bama offensive line is going to react to it. Uh, you know, they've done a great job um, in the first game where they didn't allow any sacks. Where where Georgia, uh, where Georgia was the leading uh, sack team in, in the nation, um, and then you got to remember, is Alabama going to get into Georgia's head if something goes wrong uh, during the game? Uh, you know, the the 2018 game, they had a 14 point lead and they came back. Uh, Alabama came back and beat them in overtime. 
two years ago, uh, they had a 14-point lead when, uh, I think in the third quarter, when Kirby Smart had a, another uh, his brain fart, if you want to call it, by deciding to uh, fake a punt and, and go for the first down, and Alabama got the ball back, and Jalen Hurts ran down and uh, got, got a touchdown and, and won the game there. And obviously, the last game that they played uh, three weeks ago, or four weeks ago, uh, again, they had a 10-point lead, and it was all Alabama after that. Uh, so it, there's going to be a lot of mind games going on there, so whether Nick Saban can, into, can get into Kirby Smart's head again. And we'll see how the players react uh, uh, to certain situations in the game. Yeah, it's, it's certainly fascinating. Uh, it's going to be a fascinating game from a lot of different perspectives. Uh, we'll see what the ratings are. Some of these, some of these, um, they look back through history, the ratings of some of the college football playoff games, and generally the ones that are just, you know, Alabama, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, because they only involved a certain, you know, southeast part of the country in the U.S., did they generally don't get the highest ratings. And uh, much criticized uh, that, we you know, we have another all SEC final, but you know, at the end of the day, they all play by the same rules. The two best teams are there, and the two best teams should produce the best game. So, the rest of the country doesn't like it. They can get their programs up to speed and uh, start producing, uh, start producing better teams. And it all starts with recruiting. And there's another area of college football that has be- is becoming more and more prominent, guys. And we-, we sort of talked about it in a different perspective a couple of weeks ago, just before Christmas, when, when we had Butch on the show with us, when when all these coaches were jumping ship and, and you know, Brian Kelly's going to LSU and uh, can't even remember the guy at, at, at Oklahoma, I can't remember his name, went off to USC. Lincoln and Riley. Now, sorry? Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley. Thank you for that, Lou. Um and now, you know, this also sort of brings into focus, there's a couple of very important players in this game Monday night. I think one of them's on Alabama. is named James, Jameson Williams, if I'm not mistaken. And there's another important, you know, a couple other important guys. And it's, it's and they didn't start their college careers with, with not necessarily Alabama or Clemson. And, they, and it's called the transfer portal where college players are allowed, you know, they sign up for one college program and they're and then they're allowed to leave and go to a different college program. So not only do you have you not only have the recruiting out of uh out of high school, now you now you sort of got midterm recruiting as well where where some of the programs I, I don't know if you're stealing or tampering or whatever, but you've got college players moving all over and it's becoming a more prominent thing every year where college football players are moving from one program to another. I don't blame them. You know, I mean, the coaches are leaving and making $10 million a year. The players got a right to go wherever they want. But it's college football. And where's the education about all of this? Uh, is, is, is this trans... I'll turn it to both you guys. Uh, Nash, your reaction to college football players leaving programs? And some of you are not talking about just guys at the bottom of the lineups. You're talking about guys sometimes who are stars as well. Uh, yeah, well, they they don't they don't um, they, they don't play well in a certain place. They're not playing. And they have a disagreement with their coach, and they move on. I I can see that. And look look at Hertz went over, and ended up uh, Tua ended up replacing him, and he left, and he's become a great quarterback in the NFL. So I think it's important that that happens. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that. I mean, I, I you know, I, I, you know, I think about it. Just, it just makes you know, just re. And I'll turn it over to you. It just focuses, and you realize, uh, you know, this this is professional football, for lack of a better term. And these guys are free agents. Um, there's so much money involved in college football. It's just, it's something that it's part of the modern age. You know, us old time. Maybe, maybe I got to wrap my head around it. Uh, but I don't. I I couldn't agree with you more. If a kid if a kid's not happy in a certain place, and I mean a lot of times they're not happy because they're not getting playing time or they're not the star that they think they should be. And you know they're they're a lot of them are in college football because they're intent on making the pros. And if they're not if they're sitting on the bench, that's not a good ticket to the pros. So you know if I'm the player. Uh, you know, maybe the education ain't, ain't all that important, and you know, maybe maybe it's the dollar signs at the end of the day. I mean, I guess this is the modern age, is it not, Luke? It definitely is, and uh, it just adds a different perspective to everything right now. You not only have to recruit, you also have to go out and get players in the transfer portal. Uh, you look at Jameson coming over from Ohio State; he was fourth in line on that in that school uh, behind uh, Olav. Garrett Wilson and Nadja Nixon, who are going to be three first-round picks uh, with Ohio State. So he decided to come over to Alabama, knowing that he was going to be a number one uh, receiver, and that was going to be a top-ten pick. Next year, Alabama's got... Uh, they had two recruits that came over from... One was a top-five kid out of high school, Eli Ricks, from LSU in the transfer portal, and they got the second-leading rusher uh, from Georgia Tech, coming over next year. So they're more or less, they don't have to recruit certain positions. They're just reloading from other positions. And what I'm looking at right now is some kids, they're not happy. They want a certain uh, playing time. And if they're not, they'll just go somewhere else where they can get it. Um, And uh, the the, the last part of this, I'm watching the, uh, the big high school game yesterday from San Antonio. And one of the top kids, high school kids uh, in the U.S., Besides the sign with Jackson, uh, University of Jackson State there with, uh, with Deion Sanders. And I think that has a lot to do with the NI letters that the money that they could be promised if they come to that school. Because obviously, uh, Jackson State's an all, uh, black school and he just wanted to, uh, send a message to the other young kids that you don't have to always go to, uh, a power five school. You can go to these kind of schools and still be uh, superstars. Yeah, it's certainly it's a different world in college football today. And, you know, you know, I get the part that, you know, I mean, you know, if I went to university in my day, I was, I mean, I was not a, a competitive, uh, you know, if I, if I was good enough to, to, to play on, on, uh, uh, on a football team, if I, I was good enough to, to be at the high end of an academic thing, uh, and if I wanted to change universities, I guess, that, you know, that's my right. Um, and I guess these these kids in college football should, should it should be no different. The only thing is, changing universities is one thing. Where it becomes op- when it becomes open recruiting, and I, I don't know what the extent of that is. Maybe you guys can help me out here. If, if, if coaches are actively openly recruiting uh, kids that are in other universities, maybe that maybe that's a little bit over the line, is it not, Ness? Ness. Lou, yeah. are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, yeah I think it is. And, you know, if, 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 you're, if you're actively recruiting a kid from another program, and I'm sure if it doesn't happen at the coach level, it happens at uh, 
kid wants to leave, he's going to leave. He's going to get approached in, in you know, 9,000 different ways. Uh, I guess that's just that's the modern world of college football. And uh, I, I guess when you, when you say college football nowadays, you almost have to put college in quotation marks. Because to me, it's to me, it's it's not. It may be it may be football that's played through universities, but to me, it's professional football for for lack in 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 so many ways. Is it not, Ness? Yeah, I believe so. But I, I think that the the coaches get tipped off during the year who's uh, being transferred, and who's not, and I think that has an effect. I think the fine is like a million bucks or something. Like that. Or if you tamper with somebody else's, and, yeah. and you should. But you know, you know, work gets around. There's, 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 there's legal way. There's uh, obviously tampering is, is, is not permitted. But they they have ways of getting around that. They've got boosters who do it. They got alumni who do it. There's all kinds of ways of something. If a kid wants to leave, he's going to leave. And you know what? And I guess to end this discussion, God bless them. You know, if the coaches. You know, if the universities are making billions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars and the coaches are making tens of millions of dollars, these poor student athletes, you know what, they should they should have the right to take care of their best interests as well. I don't I don't have a huge issue with that. Uh, Lou, before we go to break, a really quick uh, discussion about uh, about two or three, four minutes about the Leafs game last night. Um, I'll, I'll start with you, Naz, four to one. Were you nervous? Ness? Luke? Hear, yeah. Hello? Yeah. Ness, yeah. can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah I can. Okay. 4-1 to one last night. Period and a half. They were the better team. And Colorado came back in the last period and a half. Can you imagine a final with Toronto and Colorado, how good that would be? The pace of that game last night was awesome. Yeah, there's certainly uh, there's certainly a lot of talent. Uh, you know, Matthews was playing his A game last night. He was uh, he he was out there performing. Some of the Leaf guys were were motoring. Um, you know, you got Nathan McKinnon and uh, some of those guys out there on the other side, and Kale McCarr, that defenseman on the Colorado uh, man, he can play hockey. Lou, your impressions of last night's game? Um, it, it was just one of those games like you didn't know whether they could hold off. Uh, I know they outshot them twenty to five in the third period, uh, but at the end of the day, they did blow a four-one lead, and it looked like uh, Colorado was still climbing to the top of the mountain, uh, where where Toronto was probably treading water. Uh, so Toronto beat them eight three in our building. We'll see what happens uh, if they meet in the finals. I mean, you know, it was. Uh, um you know, Jack Campbell had had uh, saw a lot of rubber last night. Uh, we'll see if uh, he, you know if they put Mrazek in that uh, Tuesday night against uh, Vegas. I think they're playing Vegas Tuesday night. Um, I mean, Leafs got off to a four-one lead. They cashed some opportunities. They weren't necessarily dominating the game. I guess that's that's where the sense of uneasiness came from. They you know they scored on their opportunities, and and but they weren't dominating the game. Uh, Colorado was pretty. You know, Colorado was uh, sort of the better team the first 10 minutes of the game, and the Leafs upped their game and up until about the middle of the second period. Then, uh, you know, you got a 4-1 lead. You tend to get defensive, I guess. And uh, slowly but surely, the the dam caved a little bit, but they uh, they killed a, they killed a penalty right at the end of the game um, and managed to squeeze out a point. So not, all, not everything was lost in last night's game um, uh, from that perspective, but... 
Lou, when we chatted earlier this morning, you know, we, we picked up, we looked at the standings and checked where the Leafs are. Um, we're, uh, you know, we're, we've been talking about how great of a run the Leafs have been on, but they're, uh, they're, uh, they're, they're going to make the playoffs, but they're not in the greatest position, are they, Lou? No, they not. They definitely aren't. Uh, I looked at the standings this morning myself, and uh, every every round is going to be a tough battle because every team, even in the other conference, there where they're all a little bit more physical, like Carolina, Washington, and, and the Rangers. Uh, there's not going to be no easy game uh, moving forward. Naz, just to wrap up this segment of the of the show, uh, midterm report card on the Leafs. Uh, we're third place right now, but that's sort of tough to because there's been such a disparity of games played. Um, you know, Leafs haven't played as many games as some of the other teams, so it's tough to compare exactly where they are. But they're in a bottom line is they're in a fight with Florida and Tampa uh, from now to the end of the year to see where this shakes up. So their uh, their uh, their road's going to be a tough one come playoff time. It would seem. Uh, on that note, uh, we'll uh, we'll take it to break. We'll come right back and we'll have a chat with uh, John Amendola from Minting. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville declared, "We'll never be the fastest. We'll never be the cheapest. We'll never be the snazziest dressed." What? Yeah, my point is, we want to be the best. At Pizzaville, we want to make the best pizza. Stone-baked, the traditional Italian way. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. You won't remember that Real Space Media was once Real Tours Media. What you'll never forget is how they helped you, the real estate agent, sell homes. Or you, the business owner, show off your four walls. Real Space Media has made a name for itself, creating virtual tours and walk-through floor plans using 3D technology that's light years ahead. In the age of COVID, what better way to see a space safely than through the digital lens of, what were they called again? Realspacemedia.ca. Got a space to showcase? Check out Real Space. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. He's only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.